Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglot. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to Do the Top Talk here with your break from the High Resource Five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Now, I will have you know that we have been recording for a little over an hour now and looked down to see that the recorder uh, was not on any of our computers. Um, so just keep that in mind with this episode. We are a little ants, but we've been fired up. We've had a great time talking Southern Miss. We get a special guest on the show tonight and joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. How's everyone doing tonight? Great. Cause we've been talking for like an hour. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you know, of all nights that my voice could, you know, not be hanging on anymore by a thread. Let's do a twofer on a night. So anyway, on to you, Shane. I don't want to hear your tears, Jason Bailey, because the baseball team did a two for all Saturday. They pulled through. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, but if they can do it, you can do it. Uh, drink a little more. It's going to be fun. we got a special guest tonight. He was on the team, the first Southern Miss team to ever make a super regional. B.A. Volmouth, what's happening? What's up, fellas? I, uh, it's been a while since I've played a doubleheader, but I am looking forward to it. Uh, I wrote down everything I said, so I'm just going to repeat everything for the next hour. Is that cool? <laughs> That's yeah, perfect. Man, that, was great. Perfect. that was great stuff the first time around. Uh, well, the good thing about it is is I feel like uh, B.A., I, you know, I don't know you personally. We, uh, we've, I think we've met a few times because uh, we've just been around Southern Miss, but, uh, you know, we've never hung out together. But I feel like I got a little bit of understanding of, of B.A. Volmuth as the human being and individual now. Got a little bit better rapport going on. Uh, I, I wouldn't chalk this episode up to a loss. Uh, we just got to remember what the hell we said the first time. I, yeah. I and I want to ask something, and I'm going to be disappointed by this answer, but I got I've got to ask anyway. Uh, what does B A stand for? It's for, for Brian Anthony. Okay, I knew well that. that's. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know that. I just badass just kind of stuck. So we just kind of <laughs> was just like that's it's what it is. Um, Brian Anthony. So, okay, well, you know, nothing we can do about that now. Uh, Unless unless you have my mom, my brother, or my wife when she's mad at me, you'll never hear anybody call me Brian ever. (laughs) Uh, My late grandmother used to call me Brian every now and again, but that was about it. It's B.A. everywhere else. The only other B.A. I ever, you know, knew uh, was B.A. Baracus from the A-team, so it was a pretty damn good company. You're right. He's in a little bit better shape than me. Uh, yeah, we should probably do some current comparisons. He never, he never made it to the College World Series. True. And hated airplanes. <laughs> hated airplanes, yeah. All right, so this past week we had the Hattiesburg Regional. Coming up this week we've got the Hattiesburg Super Regional. I'm the super ex- The Hattiesburg Super Regional. Super yeah, excited. Yeah, to do it again. Hattiesburg Super Regional. That just sounds so nice. Super excited. Now – Good news, bad news. Great news, 
The only th- news that matters, we're playing in a super regional here in Hattiesburg. The bad news is they stuck us with a couple of day games here in the middle of June in South Mississippi. So the first game is going to be at 3 p.m. this Saturday at the Pete. Now, one thing I am excited about in that regard is I've got uh, first comedy show in a while coming up this Saturday night at the Thirsty Hippo at 9 p.m. So run the gauntlet. I'm going to do it. Go to the game at three. Well, I say I'm going to go to the game. Hopefully my Eagle Club membership holds up enough to get me <laughs> a pair right. of tickets. But um, Festival South and Hub City Comedy presents Sean Patton at the Thirsty Hippo. You may have seen him on Comedy Central, NBC, Conan, Fallon, Esquire's Best Bars in America. The first time I booked Sean was 10 years ago. One of the best, one of the most requested comics that we have. He's originally from New Orleans. Look him up on YouTube. Make sure he's your speed of comedy. Saturday, June 11th, 9 p.m. at the Thirsty Hippo. $20 tickets to get in. All right. Hattiesburg Regional. This past week is the third time that we have hosted a regional here in the city of Hattiesburg. And our episode last week was previewing the Hattiesburg Regional. And in between the time we recorded that episode and the first game was played, there was an interview released. A video was released on Twitter of some LSU players, one of which Riley Cooper, the the um, um, chumpy, chunky pitcher for the, <laughs> for the uh, Bayou Bengals. And they were doing a local podcast or radio show. I'm not sure what it was, but they were basically joking about how they were looking ahead to the super regionals. And you're just like, eh, it didn't work out so well for them, did it? No, it, didn't. it absolutely did. Um, yeah, it absolutely did not. And um, I'm I'm glad that a lot of people saved those receipts uh, for uh, from from the tweets that were put out because um, made for a pretty pretty funny retaliation later on. Southern Miss Twitter is a salty bunch. Uh, <laughs> they don't forget. <laughs> Who runs that baseball, Southern Miss baseball Twitter? Bake knows him, it. and he's told me. I can't remember his name right now. I, I, so good. He probably awesome. needs to remain anonymous a little bit, I think. Could be me. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to do that. <laughs> but it is. Bravo, sir. But go ahead. BA, you know, you played. Obviously, you played. You coached. Bullet bullet board material bulletin board material. How does this shake up? Yeah, I uh I always I think the saying is don't poke the bear and I think uh a lot of teams try to stay away from that. Um especially this time of year. You don't wanna give a team any more motivation. But in all reality, um our team our guys probably heard about it, saw it, um, but they didn't need any more motivation to get this thing done. Um they knew what they had in front of them and and showed up and, and played their hearts out. And uh, I think you saw that each and every game, each and every pitch, um, you know, they were locked in. Uh, but it is nice to uh, be sitting here on a Tuesday and talking about not poking the bear and, and getting to see some funny memes get sent out there. Um, definitely want to be be mindful of uh, what you say, especially nowadays, because everything's recorded. And, uh, you know, you never know who's going to put something out there and uh, put you in a tough spot. You know, you say everything's recorded these days, but <laughs> <laughs> most, most, most everything. 
shout out to our raging Cajun brethren at this point in time because they loved uh, what went down just as much as we did. And uh, some of the better memes regarding that uh, set of bulletin board material came from the uh, the keyboards of some Cajun fans. So uh, looking forward to that series or those weekend series, should I say, coming up in the Sun Belt, uh, that's going to be a fun baseball conference. Most definitely. Most Indeed. definitely. So that takes us to game one. Southern Miss versus a very, very scrappy Army Black Knights team. Uh, yeah, Friday, June versus Army. We previewed it. We knew that they liked to run a little bit. We haven't really faced a lot of teams that that do that. Um, they have one guy with like 30 stolen bases, one guy with 25, a um, bunch of guys with like 12 and 15 stolen bases. And remember we had talked about um, before the – Regional started um, kind of maybe thrown off, you know, since you do have three aces and, and not going with Hall. But it's a good thing we did because we had a two to nothing victory. There are not a lot of notes on this game because we didn't need a lot of notes. Um, Tanner Hall did his thing. Uh, eight innings pitched, four hits, zero runs, one walk and nine Ks. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a line like, it, like that out of Tanner. It was nice to see it again. Harper came on for his 12th save of only through nine pitches for a clean ninth. Uh Three Southern Miss players with two hits, seven. Um, so those three players got six of the seven hit. That was Sarge, Lynch, and Gabe. And we started off the uh, the regional with a victory. To tell the whole story of the regional, you have to go into the game that night, 6 p.m. Friday, June the 3rd. Kennesaw State up 11-4, to heading into the bottom of the eighth. Louisiana State puts up 10 runs. And the bottom of the eighth inning to get the comeback victory and win the game 14 to 11. And just from that point, you could tell that Louisiana State felt like they kind of had that this magic about them. Yeah, I kind of thought they had that magic about them <laughs> after <laughs> witnessing uh, a 10 run freaking eighth, man. Uh, that was crazy. We were down there playing a dollar in the cup game. And um, during that inning, I, I swear to God, they bet it for an hour. So. Um, that was nuts. Um, but good, good thing, you know, maybe they maybe they wasted a lot of those runs towards the end of the tournament, as it turned out. But, yeah, they can smash. Uh, they got hitters and, you know, they played like they have LSU on the front of their chest. Man, there's it's, it's, it's kind of equivalent to Alabama and football on the front of their chest. So um, they showed up um, and we knew we had our work cut out. What is it about the Louisiana State University and Agricultural and Mechanical uh, College that they just seem to get lucky breaks that other teams don't get? I mean, there was so much that had to go right for them and wrong for us uh, as we get into the next game, but it it all happened. I mean, it it just it, it's weird. It seems like if you get stuck in a situation with them and it's a close game, they're going to get a lucky break. And I mean, it, it's just, it, and it's not just this year, it's kind of their, their program history. Um, it's definitely not good baseball karma built up because their, their fans are a bunch of savages, but uh, I mean, it, it just, it's a weird thing. I've personally experienced it playing against them, uh, you know, a few times and obviously watching them. Uh, I grew up, 
funny enough, the LSU fan, my cousin was Dougie Thompson, and he still is Dougie Thompson, but <laughs> I watched him win a World Series, and that was kind of my team growing up. Um, but I, I really Curveball. think it, <laughs> I, I think it's it's just in their blood down there, man. I really do, and I think they truly believe that they can win every game. And uh, it was it was definitely a little bittersweet after Saturday night's game, but uh, you know, getting able to to win the next two against them uh, was, was awesome to kind of kill that momentum. Then we go into the uh, the Saturday games. First one is, of course, Kennesaw State taking on Army. And Army was, uh, you know, Army made it a game. And Kennesaw State, you're thinking, like, after that collapse the night before, you're thinking, okay, do they have anything left but in the tank? But Kennesaw State uh, ended up pulling it out with a 9-8 to victory, which takes us to the night game, 6 p.m., an incredible atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park as the number one seed Golden Eagles take on the number two seed Louisiana State Tigers. Yeah, it was a whole day of buildup of, um, you know, kind of the two heavyweights of this regional. <laughs> Southern Miss came up a little short in this one, seven to six in 10 innings. Uh, Southern Miss actually held a six to two lead going into the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> LSU with a four in the ninth to tie and one in the 10th to walk it off. Um, I felt horrible. Uh, and it, it, you know, people call it a collapse or a to the top moment or just straight bad luck or just mashing by LSU. All of that happened. Um, so it, on one hand, you kind of got to tip your hat. And on the other hand, uh, you, as a Southern Miss fan, for me anyway, I'm sitting there wondering, is this another one of those times, you know, with, with, uh, we can all remember them in football and, and, and losing to Memphis in basketball and, uh, all these times where we had that lead and um and just couldn't hold on to it and and uh, you know I thought this 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 is exactly what that felt like um there's a uh, I thought there's a a big time feel like a like a a really high class baseball uh game atmosphere and the players did not disappoint Cruz and Dottie for LSU both hit home runs. We previewed them uh, last week. McGillis, Sarge, and Peto all went yard for Southern Miss. So it was it was a really cool game. Waldrop started the game and was electric as he always uh, is or as he normally is. 11 Ks and six and two thirds, lighting up the radar gun. Got a lot of praise from LSU's coach afterward. And um, there were two hit by pitches in this game that I still don't think actually happened. And and but. After this one, I think we were all sitting there uh, thinking of what could have been and what we might have just kind of, you know, pissed away, honestly. So there we were, right? Seven to six loss. You only lost by one, but it felt like a much bigger loss than that. It was, it was, it was, it was soul crushing. It was one of those soul crushing defeats. I mean, I felt similar to the way that I felt in the uh, Hattiesburg Regional a few years ago. When we um, lost the last two games to Mississippi Starkville, you know, um, it was just one of those things like you're, you're snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. And you're thinking, OK, can we can we respond? Can we bounce back? We didn't know. We didn't know what it was going to look like. But the next day we had to we had to run the gauntlet to pull this thing out. And we found ourselves in a in, in a war with Kennesaw State right out of the bat. Yeah, before we move on from Saturday. <laughs> Let's just 
uh, I think it sets up the rest of the regional that we just had to wallow in the despair for a night. Uh, I mean, that, that just the way it happened, 38-0 after eight innings. Uh, Scott Barry's record over his career is something ridiculous. I don't remember the, the exact numbers. It's like 380-something and 16 or 17 after eight. I mean, you just don't see this coming. Uh, that Southern Miss doesn't lose games like that. And uh, again, the, the luck of the Bayou Bengals, they, you know, just everything happened right for, for it to happen. Uh, but just a, a, just a crushing loss for everybody. So for the guys to bounce back and, and do what they did, just amazing. I agree. I think it, it speaks to the character of this team and this coaching staff. Um, I mean, just think about, you know, our, our pitchers, the guys that pitched in that game came back and ended up being a crucial part of, of our victory, um, this weekend. And mm-hmm. we, needed, we needed every one of them again. Um, so I, I think it sucks to, to go through it, but experiencing something like that just makes winning all that much better. Um, you know, I, I think if we would have went three games, 10 run rule would have been special, but I think the, the way everything ended up working out, uh, kind of made it that much more special for us. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, saving the listeners of the podcast my five-minute-long question uh, that I asked <laughs> when we weren't recording, where I beat around every bush in the garden to uh, to get to does this loss set up the win on Monday to be that more special than if we you know, won that game and then took LSU out the next day. Um, I, I, I think it does. I, I think that that extra just, you know, we, we've done it again. We, we've made it to the precipice of, of where we want to be and choked on our own foot. And then to turn around and to escape that feeling to get to the high of guys jumping over the right field wall in celebration uh, is is awesome. Uh, so uh, long story short, even though it's almost as long as the original question, uh, <laughs> we, we, we had to go through that for it to be as special as it was on Monday. Most definitely. And. But I think Golden Eagle, we were, we were, everybody was fired up the entire time, anyways. I mean, I think we would have been just as wild, but it definitely adds some more depth to the to the story of the weekend as a whole. So that mm-hmm. takes us to Saturday. Uh, excuse me, Sunday, Game Five, okay. Southern Miss and Kennesaw, battling yeah, it out, another ten inning game. Those dudes could slug. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could hit the ball from anybody in the country. I mean, it's just they had they had some mashers. Did they have a guy on their team with less than a 300 batting average? That's <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I'm being serious. I, I don't think they did. I think everybody in their lineup hit at least 300 going into that regional, which is just nuts. And and Army and Kennesaw were both conference champions. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we talked about how uh, Army's – pitcher in game one gave us trouble i mean we, we won that game two to nothing uh they they're they won their conference uh to do that your ace is is going to be a really good pitcher 
you know, no matter what what team it is, uh, that guy's going to come out and be great. And Kennesaw just had a boatload of solid bats. Uh, I mean, just a really difficult regional from top to bottom. I think we're going to talk about it, but having played and coached in regionals, it's hard. It's really, really hard to go out there and win three games against quality opponents. You're not there. There's no weak opponent in a regional. Um, you know, a team might separate themselves. Um, you know, we kind of felt like it might've just been us and LSU this regional, but Kennesaw and army gave us fits. I mean, even in their game, uh, that they played it, it was a close game. And I mean, Kennesaw had every every chance to beat LSU on night one. It could have been us versus Kennesaw mm-hmm. just as easy took, as us versus LSU. Um, it so. took 10 runs in one inning for them to not beat LSU. And how often does that happen? I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I think, you know, winning against LSU is awesome. But just just getting out of a region was so tough because the parity in college baseball. Uh, we talked about it on podcast 1A. Uh <laughs> non-recorded but i mean you look around at all these regionals um host teams weren't weren't having an easy go at it um everybody had to fight there was a ton of monday games um to decide regionals there are 299 division one playing baseball schools 64 of them make the ncaa tournament sure that that's just a a couple of numbers to back up (laughs) the teams that are in the ncaa tournament are good teams so to just hit on a few of those numbers during this game. You're right, Bob? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could have done without the second recording. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, so Southern Miss did win this game 4-3. to three. <clears throat> Hunter Riggins did great, man. Nine innings pitch, seven hits, three runs, one earned, one walk, six Ks. Um, ended up walking it off in the 10th inning. Tyler had himself uh, a complete tournament. He got the win. and one um, with with one inning pitched and uh, giving up absolutely nothing. Sergeant with the walk off, it was awesome. I was there. I was glad I was there to witness it. This game, I thought, seemed to wake up the bats a little bit moving forward. Absolutely. Now, the remedy for losing your voice is, I think, it's a hot toddy, and I'm, I don't think you should do that this week. No. It's pretty much not uh, PBR and whiskey because it's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, Southern Miss wins the game against Kennesaw State, the Owls, uh, another black and gold bird team, which brings us to the Sunday night game. Golden Eagles have nothing to lose. You're in, well, maybe you lose the regional, but, you know, the, the pressure wasn't <laughs> on anymore. You know, they literally little, had something to lose. They so literally had something to lose, there. but they didn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that night, it goes on another amazing atmosphere. Uh, bad news from the night. I lost my shades. If anybody comes across a pair of, metallic ray-bans bring them back yeah good luck with that yeah, yeah those are somebody else's sunglasses we'll now. see how that goes yeah uh, unless they got ate up in the gravel of the roost and then they're in the garbage can they're somewhere between the roost spot and then like monday afternoon somewhere in between there's where they're at they're sitting somewhere so anyways uh jason do you have any you have any uh, gumption left to tell us about that sunday night game <laughs> I do. I will, I will give it my best shot. Uh, we won this game eight to four over the Tigers. Uh, Storm was the uh, story of this game. I thought he goes five innings pitched. He came in in the fifth. I uh, gave up two hits, zero runs, one walk, and seven Ks. Was an absolute machine out there. 
Um, he threw 85 pitches total. I do not think he's thrown 85 pitches uh, in a single outing in his life. And he was presented with an opportunity, and he jumped all over it. Uh, and and I wanted to hit on that. You, you touched on it a little bit, I think, during this recording. Um, but the Sutterman's <laughs> crowd was electrifying in this one. And I thought it shook the LSU pitchers up a little bit during this game. Sutterman's had 11 hits. Uh, we mentioned how the bats possibly started to wake up a little bit. Peyto hit a bomb, let off the day with a bomb. Dickerson, Slade, and Danny, two hits apiece. Um, and and I, I, I kind of put both of these games together as the same day, but uh, pitching has been the calling card all year long. And thought today typified that with Riggins in the first and Storm in the second. They both put on an absolute clinic. And without either of those guys, we don't win either of these games, in my opinion. You mentioned the toe tapping, man. The the, the, the player Eric Reiselman for LSU had this Mr. Ed stomp thing going on. And I think our players and our fans picked up on it. And they were counting it down. And it was so much fun to watch. And he got so rattled. Absolutely. That's watching through TV. I could see on his face. It was just bothering him but yeah, as he it was, so, it was such a weird stance. But LSU had a few pitchers with just weird little little idiosyncrasies to him. The, the, this guy's stomping his left foot as the crowd counted out. You could just see him like kind of, you know, go into the fetal position mentally. Uh, but, well, the, I don't know their pitchers names because I don't give a damn about LSU. Uh, but uh, the bearded relief pitcher starts with a V um, he came in and like, like he's got his wrist all like, like he's trying to smell his knuckles in his glove. And like, just is like staring down his glove at the catcher. <laughs> and then the catcher could be having a conversation with the umpire about like, what's good to eat around here. They're not even looking at him and he's out on the mound peering down his glove, like a weirdo. Uh, there, there was, I just noticed that over the course of the weekend as they zoomed in on these, weird LSU pitchers and their weird stuff they had going on. But that guy was probably tops of the list. And, and I love the fact that our crowd got in his head. Uh, I think he was prepared for it when he came back on Monday and pitched a lot better, but he was rattled and, and we ate him up. So for the record, all pitchers are weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, they all have some weird tendencies and definitely, uh, that their pregame routines are usually there's always some some oddball thing that they do I don't know I don't really get it but uh I will say from a, a player coach perspective um you know when a crowd's loud it, it's it's awesome and it, it kind of makes you know your your blood start going and uh it kind of makes everything a little bit more magnified but when they when they just call out just one person in particular for making right. a mistake or or like you're saying the toe tapping you feel like 5,000 people are just staring at you, and it, it makes that just so much harder. Uh, kudos to that guy for coming back Monday and actually doing better. But you could just tell uh, Sunday night, he uh, he felt like everybody was in his back pocket yelling at him. And it so, was glorious. Especially right there on the mound. You're the only per- You're literally the only person the entire stadium is not only staring at, but yelling at in unison. Mm-hmm. You have this the ball. A beautiful thing. You, I mean, you're 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 the quarterback of the baseball diamond in, in this situation, and you've got the ball in your hands, and uh, you know, five thousand plus people are razzing you about 
being Razzleman and being a weirdo. Did you guys ever watch? Uh, did you guys ever watch Bull Durham? Yes. Remember when Nuke Lelouch was having the dream and he's standing on the mound with the the garter belt or whatever you know he's playing naked mm-hmm. and he has to like discuss it with Crash the next day. I got a that the guy from LSU was feeling about that way when he was standing on the mound here in the Tetan <laughs> Champ. <laughs> and you know, and it was a great, it was such a great feeling, and, and maybe so this game uh, as opposed to the stories, but like go, coming from what everybody went through the night before and coming back and winning the way they did uh, Sunday yeah. night, you know, in an eight to four victory. Um, you know, I think we were all nervous. We got to that last inning. We're like, all right, just got to hang on. Just like this last inning. Yes. And they were able to make it happen. So that brings us to Monday. We we've, we've run the marathon of the weekend. Southern missed four games out of the way already. Time for the fifth game, 3 PM. God bless those of you who are able to take off work or leave work early and come out to the Pete. Game seven, Southern Miss and Louisiana State. It's our third game in like 27 hours or something like that. Uh, we ended up winning this one, uh, eight to seven. <laughs> it was one of the greatest feelings that I remember having ever. You know, it's and people people like to compare it to like you know like when your child was first born and all that. It, it literally felt that way for me. Um, Grown man tears just coming out, dude. Um, Sutter Miss had 12 hits in this one. Tyler Stewart with the final uh, inning and a third to close it out and pick up another win uh, during the regional, the second of the regional. It was a group effort on the mound that saw Tanner Hall start, and after that, Best came in. He looked good, gave us two and a third, one earned run. Rogers and Harper uh, just held it together and bridged the gap all the way to Stewart. And then, like we already said, Stewart came in and just – Totally was was just a, a robot mission, the Terminator. Um, he looked great. Um, so he hit another home run. I think earlier I said that he hit the leadoff home run there. It was in this game. But, you know, we've been doing this for like two hours. So <laughs> <laughs> up a little bit. Another shot of fireball, Bob. <laughs> right, I wish I had some fireball. be great. Lynch got another three hits, and he stays red hot. That is a uh, – that they gave him a 12-game hitting streak. Not a bad time to get hot. Sarge went three for four with two runs and one RBI. Wilkes went two for four. Gabe went three for five with three RBIs. Those are all huge that you're going to need hitting up at at, at exactly this time. Um, I thought it was hilarious when Black Johnson threw out Bianco, stealing second. That was cool. And But the ultimate thing that I can say about this game isn't pointing out a player – or a performance or a coaching decision or anything like that. It's just the overwhelming feeling of uh, we just weren't going to get beat that day from the, from the fans, from um, just the energy that was around us. Uh, you know, we just kind of like, you know what? We're done. We're done doing that. That moment that we normally have in these other games, we're done with that. Uh, you're going down and Tyler Stewart got the damn ball and got the damn job done is what it felt like. And I, I've just, I've just never had a feeling like that. And I'm so proud that I was there and I, I was a very super small part of it. I think, you know, every time we have success in the postseason, there's always some pitchers that step up and, you know, to have several, you know, in this case, you know, Justin Storm, Tyler Stewart, you had several guys come in and, and make it, make a huge difference in the game. Um, hopefully we get more of that this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I don't want it to go unnoticed that our offense stepped up all weekend. Um, you know, the Kennesaw State game was, uh, 
was a struggle and take took a but kudos to their pitcher. Um, you know, he came out, he's a good lefty and kinda got us off balance for most of the game, but but did what we need to to do to win. But against LSU, eight runs back to back games like that. Um I know LSU staff they keep talking about, but they kept rolling out guys that were throwing ninety four, ninety five as well. Um and sure. we've had a number of guys get multiple hits, big time home runs, big time hits. Um, you know, and like you just said, it's going to present itself again this weekend. Somebody's going to have their moment and their, their opportunity to step up. And uh, it might be a guy who's only pitched 10 innings like Storm or might be a guy that's been in there every day and become a regional MVP like Sargent. Um, it really – it doesn't matter at this point in the year. We just, uh, you know, hope whoever's turn it is, it's next guy up. And um, hopefully we're, we're talking again on Monday next week, uh, talking about getting Omaha reservations. Yes, yeah. actually – I actually mentioned that to my wife this evening. I was like, uh, if if we win a couple of games this coming weekend, like I'm I'm going to Omaha next week. Uh, she she was like, you? She was like, me and Evie and I get to come with you. I was like, I mean, if you want to, you're you you can come, but that's where I'm going. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, the the last time uh, BA when you guys were there, I had just got married and I had just started a new job. Uh, so I had no vacation and could not go to Omaha the first trip. So by damn, if we make it again, I'm not missing this one. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jason talked about this, but I, as, as someone from a distance who was viewing through the television, uh, listening to uh, the Homer ass SEC boot looking color commentary guy. Uh, I don't remember his name. I don't care what his name is. Uh, he played at Florida at some point and was some minor league superhero in Idaho or something, but, uh, was it Tim Tebow. <laughs> it, it was not Tim Tebow. That would have been a lot easier to remember, but whoever he was, he was, uh, all over LSU's junk, uh, the entire weekend. And it was disgusting. There were times where, because other things were going on around the house and I needed to watch nine hours of baseball in a day, I, I just turned the volume down and, uh, it was almost preferable to, to listening to him. If it wasn't for the other guy, uh, it, it would have been pretty bad, but, uh, the, the main guy, uh, the play-by-play guy w- was actually pretty good and, and tried to throw in some supportive stuff. But all of that said, I like these long-winded tangents tonight. Uh, I mean, we've recorded one podcast. I'm double whiskeyed tonight. Uh, the <laughs> the atmosphere came through the television. Uh, I mean, it <clears throat> good. you could feel it. It was amazing. Um, uh, just every time an LSU chant tried to get going, immediately drowned out by USM, USM, USM. And then messing with uh, Razzleman, you know, with his, his Mr. Ed counting and uh, a couple of LSU guys that just couldn't seem to throw a strike that, you know, started the, the ball counts on those guys, you know, climbing up past four. They'd, as they were getting ready to pitch, they'd be chanting for the next ball. Uh, I mean, the grandstands were going wild. It was a zoo. It was it was fun to see uh, because I, I I mean, I've never seen the Pete like that. I've seen the Pete in, in some really fun situations, but I don't know that the ever the Pete's ever been how it was this weekend, uh, which makes me really excited about this coming weekend. But, uh, yeah, the on Monday from the get-go for all nine innings. I mean, Peto hit a home run on the, what, the second pitch of of the game on Monday. Right. And 
the crowd was in it all in just the entire game from there. There was, there was never a letdown. Uh, and, and it was another competitive back and forth game and, and the crowd just stayed in it. So, uh, it was awesome to see, uh, it, there was, there was a lot of national noise made by Southern Miss, not only by the performance of the team, but by just the atmosphere in Hattiesburg. It, it's, uh, you know, the, uh, listening to podcast here and there, reading articles and doing all this, uh, there was Southern Miss was, was well talked about. I've got, Friends in in the area in North Carolina that you know they went to other schools, but uh, I've you know texting you about different things, and they're like, oh yeah, I watched your, your guys's game the other night, and uh, we we covered this in in the first non recording, but I feel like it's worth mentioning again uh, that uh, I've got a buddy that uh, from New York, no no ties to to Southern Miss at all, other than me. Uh, big baseball fan, but but never really watched college baseball. And I was hanging out at his house last weekend, being a lush, drinking all his super fancy rare beer. And uh, I was like, look, man, I, I can come over and help you drink all this beer you need to get rid of. But uh, I've got a baseball game that comes on at this time and I'm watching it. So either I'm going to go back to my house and I'm going to watch it or or we can watch it at your house if you're game. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what's it come on ESPN Plus? Got that? No problem. He threw it on the TV on the, the back screen porch, and me and him and two of his neighbors watched it. They, you know, these are guys from all over the place. Nobody in Raleigh is from North Carolina. Uh, we're all a bunch of transplants and mutts that are taking the area over. But uh, everybody was, was into it last weekend for the Conference USA tournament that was watching there, and we didn't even win that game, and, and those guys were bought in. But Andreas – ever since that game has watched every Southern Miss baseball game that has happened and has tweeted me uh, as often as like Mark Doliak, who, uh, you know, is a diehard Southern Miss fan that we tweet back and forth during the games. And uh, Andreas is, is hanging on the edge of his seat, wondering what's going to happen. What man, tell me, what's this guy going to do? He's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm cheering for you guys. So, uh, we're, we're riding a huge wave of momentum, not only within the Pine Belt and the Southern Miss fan base, but, uh, we, we're, we're making some national noise. People are paying attention and, uh, what a stage to step onto this weekend with a super regional hosting the Rebel Landshark Black Bears and having a lot of the national baseball eyes on us. It's, it's going to be a good time. And it was an amazing celebration there in the roost. It was, it was, yeah. and in the the stadium in general. And I, I want to give a shout out to, you know, a, a particular segment of of the fan base, a rather large segment of the fan base. You know, I've been a southern, I've been a southernest baseball fan, I guess, since the '90s, and been to quite a few games. But uh, you know, as of late, I haven't been a season ticket holder, haven't made it out there. But there's so many people who have been there for every game for a long time and have supported this. And you could just see that kind of well up at the end. Like people have been waiting this for a long time, but the people that go to all the games and they, they go to their kids games and, and, and immediately head over to the roost or they, they skip other things so they can come out and watch Southern Miss baseball and support Southern Miss baseball. It's really incredible and awesome to see all those people and, and everything that's been built at Southern Miss in the Pete, how the Pete's expanded, how the fans have grown. But the, the, a lot of these same people that have supported for the longest time, it was really, really incredible to see just the jubilation on everybody's faces when we were able to, to get that victory. It's uh, I know it's not shout out time, but um, 
I was fortunate enough when I lived in Hattiesburg to sublease a roof spot for a few years and uh, knew knew a lot of these guys beforehand, but you know, got to hang out out in the roost with them and, and really some of the most dedicated fans anywhere, but I'm just going to throw out some names and I'm going to miss some folks, but guys that are out there that Jamie was just talking about all the time, year in and year out that, that really deserve this starting with, you know, the tree stand down there on John Adams, Toyota truck. But, uh, I saw, I had to text Adams, uh, on Monday because, uh, they, they were zooming in on the, the tree stand out there and he's kicked back in a lazy boy. And I'm like, man, yeah, you're looking good in that lazy boy. He really upgraded out there over the years. But, you know, him and Kevin and Rob Pearson and Chris Potan are, are all out there in that group. And Chris Leonard's not that far down. Todd and Rick Maddox are out there all the time. I mean, you know, uh, besides, Mark playing for the Eagles, uh, the, the, just as much, uh, with, with the super legacy he had. Todd and Rick are, are roost institutions. Uh, sure. so John Smith out there, uh, the mayor of the roost, Jody Lott. I mean, the, those guys just, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that they got to be out there for that along with you guys, uh, because they, they just, they, they deserve to be rewarded for years of unnerving and unwavering support. I think we spoke about this a little earlier um, about, you know, every fan base has a good thing going, obviously root for their team, but Southern Miss is just a little different. Um, Once you become a part of it, you're, you're part of the Southern Miss family, really. Um, And it's amazing. You're saying we're nationally, you know, recognized now. I think this team further, furthered Southern Miss on the national level. I mean, getting as high as third, I think it was third in the country, fourth in the country this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, not too many Southern Miss teams can say they've done that. Um, and, and I think that's part of the reason why we are getting the attention. I think we have what's going to be probably one of the most watched regionals simply because it, it is local teams that, you know, it's a rivalry there. Um, and, and it's in the same state. Um, but going back to what you're saying, those Roost guys, there are countless numbers of fans. I, I can't tell you I, I was a nobody, and if I go eat lunch, Every now and again, somebody will say, B.A., really enjoyed you um, as a player and a coach. Really appreciate. And, and that's just what you have with our fan base. I mean, I, I'm terrible with names. I'm terrible with faces, but it's it's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've gained 40 pounds, but people still remember me as a skinny shortstop that, that played a few <laughs> games here. Um, and, and it's just amazing to be a part of it. And now getting to be a part of it on the other side and, and watching these guys grow and, uh, and, and take us to that next level, it's, it's amazing. And Southern Miss really is a special place. And then uh, I mentioned this before in, in kind of these same words. So I, I want to use them again because I, I think it's right. Southern Miss doesn't have a monopoly on being special. There are other special schools out there, but it's rare. And uh, there are, there's a, a ton of colleges in North Carolina, I, you know, and a, a ton of good baseball playing schools in, in this neck of the woods, too. Uh, even the Campbell Camels, you know, could rake this year and, and we're going at it. But there there aren't many places. There's a lot of people out there that love their school and every school's got a fan base, except for maybe like FAU or FIU or Middle Tennessee State University or uh, Rice or uh, <laughs> I'll stop that list. Um Middle Tennessee State University or UAB Middleton. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UAB has got at least half a dozen. They can put a quarter of their brand new, beautiful stadium uh, 
in there. Uh, funny enough, uh, my company picked up a new roofing line that we're going to be representing. And one of their things in their slideshows, they were presenting it to us was that they were, uh, the, the roofing material used on that protective life stadium or whatever it is in Birmingham. And I was like, Oh, well, that's a cool material to use on a stadium. That's never going to be full. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, I'm on a, another whiskey fueled tangent, but uh, all of that said, to, Southern Miss is truly special. And I mean, there, there's not too many people that go to Southern Miss and, and participate in Southern Miss. Because uh, if you go to the school and, and you just keep to yourself and don't participate, then it's not going to make the impact on you. But if you go get involved in the Southern Miss community, it, it's hard for it not to make a mark on you. And uh, there's a for a school our size in the middle of SEC country uh, that has played in a deathbed trap conference for the last God knows how long, uh, we, we've we got a good core base of hardcore fans, and uh, that doesn't happen everywhere. We're, we're lucky. Yeah, you can't NIL your way to the passion that we just witnessed this weekend. You can't. This has been built up for a long time. These people, and we keep getting compliments about, man, you guys have, it was such a great crowd this weekend and last weekend. I'm like, dude, it's like that in February when we're freezing our ass off out there, right? Somebody's always got to show up to honk that horn, right? Yeah. Um, Those guys always got to be there. That's not a a university thing. Um, That's the reason that we do it the entire year so that something like this might happen at the end and, and, um, you know, everybody's welcome. Come out, enjoy, do it. So the Hattiesburg Regional All-Tournament team, we had a few Golden Eagles on that. Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrop, Christopher Sargent, Will McGillis, and then the most outstanding player of the Hattiesburg Regional, Christopher Sargent. So congratulations on those accolades. Which brings us to the Hattiesburg Super Regional, the Hattiesburg Super Regional. That's going to get kicked off. Game one is this Saturday against Mississippi Oxford, June 11th. 3 p.m. Central Time. That game is going to be on ESPNU. Then on Sunday, June the 12th, also at 3 p.m. Central Time. This game will be on ESPN2 or ESPNU. And if it comes to it, we will have a game on Monday, but that time is TBD. Golden Eagles and the Rebels have met twice this season, splitting the series. The first game, April the 5th, Southern Miss wins 10-7. And then the Rebels come back on May the 11th defeating the Golden Eagles 4-2-1. We also met last season in the Oxford Regional. Just a couple of tan- in- tangibles here on Southern Miss and Mississippi Oxford. The the record Southern Miss 47-17 and on the year, Mississippi Oxford 35-22. and Southern Miss with an RPI of 17. The Rebels with an RPI of 27. This is kind of interesting here. So in the so the postseason play, Southern Miss goes two and two in the Conference USA tournament and four and one in the Hattiesburg Regional, playing a total of nine games. The Rebels went zero and one in the Southeastern Conference tournament and three and zero in the Coral Gables Regional, playing a total of four games. So they have had a little bit more rest here recently. I'm going to run through a couple more numbers really quick. Um, Team RA Southern Miss 3.06, which is good for number two in the country. Uh, the Rebels 4.60, good for 53rd in the country. I was checking with some of my friends, colleagues, and family members to get some information on the Rebels. They have two, uh, basically two core starting pitchers. They don't have a third guy on staff like we do. One is Dylan Delucia. He's a right-handed pitcher with an ERA of 468. He's 5-2 and two on the year, 
79 strikeouts and 24 walks. And then Hunter Elliott, who's been a little more dangerous, it seems. I think he's their number two guy, though. A freshman left-handed pitcher, uh, 3.17 ERA, 3-3 and on the year, 82 strikeouts versus 30 walks. Interesting tidbit. I know the Golden Eagles at times this season have struggled with left-handed pitchers. The Rebels only have three on staff, um, one of which I was told if we see him, then it's probably not good for them. So <laughs> they've got three three left-handed pitchers. So. Uh, you feel good. Feel, that, that's kind of an interesting tidbit. Um, they have a couple of strong relievers. Uh, Josh Mallett's a right-handed pitcher with an ERA of 1.38. Uh, only one save on the season. He's one and on the year. 40 strikeouts with nine walks. And then Mason Nichols from, uh, Jackson Prep, I believe. ERA of 3.21. One and on the year. Zero saves, 34 strikeouts and 10 walks. And then their closer, Brandon Johnson, a right-handed pitcher. Uh, Throwing 408, one and three on the season with 11 saves, 61 strikeouts, and two walks. Uh, that was far- a lot of good information, but what I gathered from that is that you need to be more selective with your friends, colleagues, and family members if you can ask anybody <laughs> about Ole Miss. <laughs> well, I do need to be. Well, I can't choose my the, my family member is my half brother. Normally, I'd claim him as my brother, but I think for the purpose of the show, I have to clarify that he is a half brother. Um, but, uh, you know, and there were some Southern Miss people who follow college baseball and were like, Hey, yeah, this is, you know, this is kind of what to look out for there for these guys on the mound. And, and, and obviously it's going to be a key matchup. Um, as far as the bats goes, uh, batting average Southern Miss 283 on the year. That's good. That's good for 114th in the country. Uh, Mississippi Oxford 275 on the year. Good for 154th. Couple of batters just to touch on. Everybody knows Tim Elko with his, I think his ACLs are healed up. Uh, first baseman bats clean up. 306 on the year, 63 hits, 22 home runs, and 68 RBIs. Uh, their left fielder, really solid bat, but he only played 39 games this year. Batting 338, Kevin Graham, 54 hits, 10 home runs, 43 RBIs. Um, home runs, Southern Miss 81 on the year. The Rebels, 93. So just touching on some stats really quickly, since this is our second hour of recording, what are your thoughts on the matchup between the Golden Eagles and the Rebels? I personally like the matchup. Um, I like that we've played them already this year. We're familiar with their their hitters. Um, you know, we've pitched to them. I want to say Tanner Hall threw against them that midweek game. Um, mm-hmm. in the year before he moved to the weekend. Um, but it, it's always good when you, uh, you're more, the more familiar you are with the team, the better game plan you can have. At the end of the day, all that stuff goes out the window. It's about, you know, sticking to your plan and, and, and executing. Um, you know, we step up, we play with heart. Um, I think we're the better team personally. Um, you know, they're playing really good right now. Their last three games, obviously, they, they swung the bat very well. But um, they ain't seen our pitching staff. Um, you know, ain't seen our dudes. Uh, we've beat them once and lost to them once um, in, in midweek games. And that's a little bit different. We also had not seen their weekend guys. But, uh, yeah, I put us up against anybody right now. I, I, I love our team. I love the team that they've built. Um you know, we can really pitch it, but also you just gave us our numbers. I mean, two, 288 bad at all for uh, for as far as a team hitting and uh, with 81 homers. Um, I, I really love the matchup. I'm obviously the atmosphere is going to be out of this world. 
Um, I think the fans are going to show up again if they can find tickets. I, I, only <laughs> I came on this show is because you said you had 10 extra tickets. You're going <laughs> to call Jamie. His number is 601. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really do like our matchup. Um, hadn't talked to any coaches or anything. I ain't going to bother those guys, but just watching us play all year and compete. I, I think, uh, same thing with the regional. I really liked our matchup there as well. Um, Ole Miss is hot with the bats, but they can't mm-hmm. be in the air. And LSU offense was with with uh, Cruz and Barry up at the top of their lineup. Um, so I'm looking very, very forward to it. And I'm thinking we uh, might be able to pull this one off, guys. And just yeah, to clarify, I went back and checked the stats. They did not t- face Tanner Hall. Tyler Stewart yeah. was the starter in that game. So they have not oh, faced any really? weekend guys yet this season. Okay. Right. So, oh, B.A., first... uh, as, as a player – when you run out on the field against those guys, is it is it any different than any other opponent, or does that rivalry and that in-state, you know, conflict where we have to deal with their asshole fans all the time, uh, does does that factor into it, or is as you as a player, is it just any other game? Yeah. So the answer you don't want to hear it is just any other game. Um, I think all that gets kind of built up outside of the locker room. Um, You start letting stuff like that creep in. Then you start trying to do too much instead of sticking to a game plan. Obviously, Super Regional, first time ever, they're going to be amped up. We're going to have to settle down. You know, those first couple innings will be very crucial about locking into our game plan. But um, it it, it doesn't matter. People ask me all the time about College World Series, playing in Florida, playing in Georgia Tech, and – they don't like my answer because I, I don't really remember it. It just, it happens so fast. You, you're just so locked in. You're prepping for the game. You're trying to do whatever you can to help your team win. And it's something you look back at and you're like, man, I, I really, I don't really remember that second, third in. And people always talk about a Florida when the, it rained or whatnot. And you just, you just focus on the end result um, as a player. Coach is a little bit different. It's a, it's a little bit easier to listen to some of that outside noise, um, you know, and the, the what if and, uh, you know, all that talk. But uh, those guys are locked in. We got an unbelievable coaching staff. Um, Coach Creel, one of my best friends, he does a great job with the hitters. And obviously Coach Oz getting nationally recognition uh, for what he's doing with the pitching staff. Um, and Coach Barry, you already alluded to his record. I mean, you don't win that many games uh, without having something special here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I think it, it, you approach it like it's any other game, um, obviously with heightened ramifications, but it doesn't matter if it's Ole Miss or you're playing FAU at FAU. You want to go out there and play your game and, and, and win. So kind of to, to make you contradict yourself uh, immediately, <laughs> um, during your playing days, were there any places that you like really looked forward to playing at or places that you just despised playing at? So there were places I despised playing, um, but for me, it was pretty simple. I was a pretty terrible fielder, and I liked playing on nice, nice surfaces because <laughs> we had some bad ones we played at. Um, tell you a funny story. When we were in Gainesville um, for that super regional, you know, they come in the night. You come in the night before, you get a night practice um, hitting BP and stuff. And I'm sure you all remember James Ewing, our uh, second base. Mm-hmm. Well, I was already a terrible fielder, and I was getting some bad hops, and immediately I was like, this cannot get in my head. Well, James 
calls out to Coach Guy. He said, hey, quit hitting me ground balls. This field is terrible. The surface was just unbelievable. I said, "Yeah, yeah quit hitting me ground balls too. I don't, I don't want to." Do it. <laughs> so we didn't take another ground ball until right before the game. Uh, that first day, I think we played on a Saturday uh, then as well. But um, it's just crazy that the the random little things like that you remember. You know, I don't hardly remember the game, but I I can still remember to this day thanking God James Ewan spoke up and said something because <laughs> I didn't get a bat or something on some terrible ground balls. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, like I'm saying. I mean, some games are bigger than others, but it really, once you're locked in like that, you, you're just playing for the guys in that dugout and uh, trying to do whatever your coaching staff tells you, um, whatever the game plan is. And at the end of the day, you hope you're on come out on top. Were there any places that were particularly fun to play or – all right, so this is, I guess, a two-part. We'll, we'll stretch this out for five minutes, uh, two-part question. Um, so were there any places that were particularly fun to play? And, and the, like, the, the question B part of that is if the the opposing team that you're playing at actually has a, a, a fan base that, that has people in the stands and are, are active, does that make it? more fun or less fun i'm i'm sure it's really hard to play in front of a absolutely empty stadium uh mm-hmm. but you know kind of is it harder to play in front of an empty stadium or a full raucous stadium so if you look back and if y'all are stat guys whenever we play uab we always play oh, them god at the field. we don't play them at the whatever that double a team is birmingham barons whoever plays mm-hmm. it they do that on purpose because they know they're not going to get the crowd. They know the atmosphere is going to be crap. So you got to try to create your own atmosphere. And we always play bad there. You can go back and look at it. We always play like crap there. So to answer your question, yes, I would rather play in front of 20,000 people rather than 500 people. Um, and, and I think. Well, thank you for being kind to UAB with 500 people. Yeah, 500 is, a, is an extreme stretch. <laughs> look, hey, look, they they had a great year. They got a great program, but it is what it is. I play too many games there and too many games there. It's a tough atmosphere. Um, Sorry to interrupt. I just can't let anything positive be said about the Blazers. So. <laughs> they always seem to have our number one. I played there. Yes, got um, it. But no, it, it's. Playing in front of more fans, it's just more exciting. That's why this weekend you saw our guys, they responded. They didn't They didn't have that let down. I know you could say Kennesaw State first couple innings were a little slow, but gosh, I mean, we just had the most heartbreaking loss of the year, um, you know, 10 innings, and we got to come back, and you're facing a pretty good lefty there. Um, so it took a little time to get going. But then once we did, we, they just didn't look back. Um, I, I mean, I think this weekend's going to be a lot of the same unbelievable atmosphere sure how great was it to bounce back from one of not even arguably uh definitely one of the toughest losses in program history to two days later one of the greatest wins in program history what a swing of emotions yeah it was a swing of emotions for me too i think i'm sure (laughs) in the stands it was it was tough to be be positive uh, leaving the field Saturday night. Um, and I guarantee those guys felt it felt worse than anybody. Um, but that's baseball. You know, you get an opportunity to bounce back. Um, you know, this time of year, you can only afford to lose two games in a row. You got to, you know, you got to bounce back quick. And uh, we did. And they responded so well. Um, very proud of those guys. So 
BA, you've been in the, you know, you've been in the dugout. You've been, uh, you know, on the field. What, what advice would you give to these Southern Miss athletes this weekend? They just be themselves. Uh, we're one of the best teams in the country. There's, there's no hiding it. Um, we don't have to play the, the underdog card. Um, you know, we've proven that all year long. I think Ole Miss knows it. Um, I think they're going to come in here, try to be cocky and, and get us out off our game. We just need to stick to our game plan. Um, you know, coaching staff is, is going to do a great job. Coach I is going to have those pitchers ready. Coach Creel is going to have a great game plan for the hitters. And at the end of the day, it, I used to always say when I was in the dugout, it, it's not about winning and losing. It's about just trusting, trusting the process. If we trust the process, we just constantly go up there and we fight every at bat. We're putting good swings off. Good things are going to happen. If our pitching staff are making pitches, um, you know, you, you talked about it, alluded to it earlier, LSU seeming always getting some lucky breaks. Well, they're putting themselves in the good positions to get those lucky breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we just constantly are doing that and if our players just stick, it's a big moment. It's a big moment for our school's history. Um, but at the end of the day, you're just playing a game. And, and, you know, you've prepared all year for this. We don't need to practice. We don't need to talk about it. We just need to go out there and just be ourselves, and we'll come out victorious. Uh, to piggyback on that question, as somebody who uh, spent this past weekend in the 16-ounce lounge there on the, the terrace, what advice would you have for the people that are lucky enough to get tickets uh, and are out there going hard this weekend? We need the exact same environment we just had. Um, I think – LSU fans kind of helped our fans a little bit there, meaning they tried to get loud and, and we immediately responded. Um, I don't think Ole Miss's fan base is the same as LSU, meaning they won't cheer every pitch like LSU fans tend to cheer for. Um, I think they wait for something good to happen. I think we need to be loud from pitch one. Um, we don't need to wait for Peyto to hit that leadoff homer. We, we need to make it, make them feel like you know we're on top of them. Um, and that's the unique thing about our stadium because you do – at that field level, with all the fans being elevated behind you, um, that dugout gets really small really quick um, when, when, when fans start cheering. And um, I think we got one of the best fan bases in the world. And um, I, I look forward to how we're going to respond. And, uh, you know, it it's crazy. You talked about the Razzleman guy putting pressure on him. Fans can make a big difference. They, they can really turn, turn a game. Um, you know, it does, we don't have to wait for the big hit to happen. And I think this weekend you saw that. I think you saw us as a fan base applying pressure um, to the opposing team and making it really tough to play um, in Pete Taylor Park. Well, you mentioned, you know, I don't think we're going to have any problem filling up the joint. Um, What is going to be a problem is if you aren't a season ticket holder and you're not an Eagle Club member, God bless you. Good luck. As I do not think these tickets – by the time this episode comes out, we might have a better idea of of where they, we stand with tickets, but I don't think – it might not even, not even make it to my Eagle Club level. I mean it's – yeah. there's going to be a high demand, and, and they're not even giving the higher-dollar donors as many tickets as they did last week. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of demand, and I think we're going to see another strong, strong show. Nobody's taking over Hattiesburg except for the Golden Eagles. I think yeah, no. I have a, a, a way uh, bigger pull uh, with the ticket office than I actually do. Like, hey, man, can you do anything? I'm like, what do you – I mean, do you want the number? I don't yeah. – what do you want me to do? 
I can get you hooked up with Tyler. I, I got his Twitter <laughs> handle. Like I, I, I DM him every once in a while. He's a good dude. Well, but, I, uh, I need this to come out so people start calling you, Jamie, about those ten tickets you got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll stop bothering me. <laughs> uh, no well, doubt. Hey, let, let's give let's give some shout outs on the way out of here. I know B. I appreciate you coming on here, but man, I got to shout out the folks who helped me get other people into games this weekend. Man, it was really awesome. Uh, Chase and Destiny Blackwell, Matt Rockwell, Jason Bailey, uh, mm-hmm. Southern Miss 09 on Golden Eagle Pride. I mean, it, it just helping helping other Golden Eagles get in the stadium was really, really, really awesome to see. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Blake Rafino of AYS Sports out of Baton Rouge. Had me on last week, had me on the podcast last week. I had an amazing time. It's so much fun. Marchant even invaded the chat. Um, <laughs> really, that. really, really. Really, really good dude. I was, I really would enjoy being on his show, and I think he does a, an incredible job with the program. Also, uh, another shout out. I got to give a shout out to my, uh, the, all my coworkers, man. We launched a new website this week, greatness.com. Go check it out. Did an amazing job. I think big, big things are ahead for, for that website and our brand. So other shout outs. Jason, you want to give some shout outs? Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, I just want to say the roost in general. Um, for for everything that it is and has become, and is going to be, but uh, all the families, man, the Adams, the Maddox, Smith, uh, Wallace, Pearson, Miller, Pierce, Cooper, Lowry. Trying to think of some more off the top of my head. Thornton, Royals, uh, Leonard, Ball, Potan. I mean, I'm I'm probably still leaving some people. Uh, I want to give just a shout out to the Roost, man. Um, I want to give a shout out to Forty. He's a living legend, dude. Um, you know, he's 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 just become this this thing, and um, and I'm I'm so glad that he's here, and uh, want to give make sure I give him a shout out. Uh, Brian Dozier was in the roost this weekend. Marchant freaking Kenny. So he lives in Lafayette now, right? And he and Angela had to go back up up to St. Louis uh, this weekend. He couldn't miss it. It was like a family function thing. So Angela's what he did was he. Okay, yeah. So what they did was they drove their happy ass from Lafayette, Louisiana, to Hattiesburg to fly out of PIB so that they could leave so that he would come back into PIB on Sunday. So if we were there, he wouldn't miss the damn game. That's some effort right there, you know. Um, and he was talking about the flight from PIB to Meridian. He was like, dude, it's like, you know, 15 minutes in the air, and then you're 15 minutes down. And you're like, what? You know, <laughs> Marty here. It's like you, you pull up, and they're like, are you going to Houston? But anyway, um. That's the only way to, to fly out of PIB. <laughs> you got to fly to Meridian and then Houston because that yeah. makes sense. I know. And then the last shout out, uh, Coach O'Brien, Coach Meyer, Coach Will Hall, love that dude to death. Coach mm-hmm. Joseph, uh, they all came out and hung out in the roost. And I'm sure everybody appreciates this, but <clears throat> I mean, shout out to BA, man. You've, <laughs> you've literally gone above and beyond tonight. And uh, we really appreciate not only what you did on the field, uh, but for, for, for coming on and for still being there, man, for, you know, these these players that some players just just came here and this is where they went to school. And some players end up being fans like Marchant and like B.A. and like Dozier. So I uh, appreciate you, man. No problem. Absolutely. Uh, B.A., do you, you have any shout outs? You have a you want to you want to plug the uh, whatever you got going on right now? Yeah, I uh, 
first and foremost, I have to shout out my wife. Um, I, I have a two-year-old son who can't sit still. And <laughs> the trooper all weekend. And I love every time he was trying to run around. And she she gave me my, my weekend to uh, to enjoy Eagles baseball, drink a few beers with some, some old uh, teammates. And uh, definitely got to give her a shout out. But, uh, man, I, I, I want to second what you say, Jason. I mean, this coaching staff and this team, I mean, what a ride they've taken us on already um and hopefully it's not over um you know this has been been part of southern miss baseball three years as a player and four years as a coach and i can't remember feeling like this man it it's it's uh it's really hard for me to transition to the the fan side of things because i still want to see everything as a coach um but you know i full fully support them i appreciate you bringing that up jason about we have a lot of guys that come back and and they're still here um, like I said, I, I sat in a group of about 10 former baseball players, guys I coached um, and guys I played with um, right there in our little spot, and, and, and we had a blast cheering on the Eagles. Uh, but definitely want to shout out the players and the coaches. Again, they, uh, they've they done an outstanding job all year. I don't want to say if we can lose the next two games. I still think it's an unbelievable season. Um, obviously, I hope we keep going. And uh, I've been telling everybody I hope we play Tennessee this year because they're on the other side of the bracket, that means – we're in the national championship, right? Uh, but uh, but no, man, you guys, what you what you do for the the sport of baseball, what you do for the brand of uh, Southern Miss Brown, I think y'all do an unbelievable job. I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, and really, my last shout out is everybody who's ever hated Ole Miss. I just need y'all, <laughs> yeah. to, need y'all to come come to the peak Saturday, and Sunday, and let's get this thing done. And uh, let's have let's go have a little trip to Omaha in the middle of June. Let's do it. Yeah, the uh, the ticket takers at the gates there are not armed. So if enough people show up, just flood the place. I want to see 12,000 fans in the Pete this weekend. Don't give them any ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, I, I, I want to give one shout-out uh, to my company, Farm Bureau. Um, I think mm-hmm. they do a lot. For, for college athletics, I know if, if you ever go to a high school or college game, uh, doesn't matter which sport, Farm Bureau is supporting college and high school uh, athletes across the state of Mississippi. Um, I think they do a great job with the brand. And um, obviously, I'm here in Hattiesburg. If you need something, give me a shout. But, uh, but yeah, I appreciate y'all again for having me on. Absolutely appreciate you, man. It's, just, it's a treat. It's a treat for us, man. You're a legend. Appreciate you coming on with us. And Shane. The thoughts and opinions of uh, the wizard are uh, not a, n- n- do not reflect the thoughts of uh, to the top talk. Shane, you got any shout outs and or whiskey plugs? Um, so a couple of things that I want to touch on before I get into that. Um, settle in. Let's see. Uh, we're we're like two hours and thirty minutes into BA's <laughs> Tuesday night at this point in time. So let me let me yeah, hold him for. For like 15, 20 more. One thing that, that Jamie mentioned earlier uh, on the unrecorded podcast, which to say at this point, now that we're, we're almost done with the recorded version, the unrecorded version was awesome. I, I think it would have made a great podcast. I don't think you lost anything with, with this one. The folks that are still listening at this point in time, uh, we, we did a remarkable job. Uh, of of recovering what we talked about, and BA may have even gotten to talk a little bit more this time around, which is what people really want to hear. They they can listen to us idiots any week. Um, but 
Jamie mentioned that the uh, the blackout that was pulled off what was was it Saturday night that the blackout Saturday was pulled night, off yeah. on, on absolutely short notice turned out amazing when normally for football season it takes like four months of planning and then like twelve percent of the fans wear black. So uh, maybe more of the Twitter or more of the baseball fan bases, you know, on social media. Uh, that that could be an explanation there. Um, and then Bump just touched on forty being the goat. Uh, I mean, you you got to recognize the job that Scott Barry's done. He was uh, Corky Palmer's right hand man, and and kind of the the uh, maybe the bad cop, good cop, good cop, bad cop, depending on the day there in in that relationship. But Scott Barry has been around the Southern Miss program for a long time, and and he was talking about Bianco and, and their relationship. And maybe the post game interview, maybe another interview uh, interview I listened to, but you know he was singing Mike Bianco's praises and and just what a fantastic job that he's done building the Ole Miss baseball program in the same time frame that Scott Barry has been building the Southern Miss baseball program. Which a side note that just occurred to me, they've been at Southern Miss and Ole Miss respectively for the same amount of time, and Scott Barry has achieved just as much or more to. We'll we'll see how this weekend shakes out with a much smaller budget and not a lot of SEC teams coming in to boost your attendance numbers week in and week out. So want to point that out. But uh, where I'm going with this is Scott said that that Bianco deserves a statue outside of the stadium at Ole Miss for building that program. So my question is is when is the 40 statue going up outside of the peak? Because the man deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Build it while he's here. It doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, what just made, a big hat, big uh, you know helmet. That's it. Just a just a shiny bronze bald head that <laughs> blinds pilots in airplanes flying between Meridian and Houston um, is what we need. But uh, I mean seriously, uh, kudos to Scott Barry. I, I had to chuckle a little bit after Saturday night as as just despondent as I was after that loss, I saw somebody on Twitter say, we're never going to get over the, uh, the hump with Scott Barry as baseball coach. And I was just like, there, there's so many idiots out there. <laughs> you know, look at the job that this man has done with Southern Miss baseball and, and to, to uh, just believe that he can't get the job done uh, where we make strides every year. And this is a huge one. Um, so, uh, Scott Barry's the goat, all that said, uh, I, I was going to make another statue comment earlier, but, but the, the, the Scott Barry one's more appropriate. Gabe Montenegro deserves a statue too. That is the mm. clutchest man in Southern Miss history. He's been playing baseball now for the Golden Eagles for what, 24, 25 seasons. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it took that long to, uh, unseat our man, Trey Sutton as the hits King. Uh, but just, absolutely clutch hitting from Gabe Montenegro. I feel so good when he comes to the plate, when we need a hit and there's, there's somebody on base and it's like, Oh man, 14's at the plate. Uh, This is a pressure situation. Somebody's on base. He's going to get it done. He chokes up on the bat. You see him choke up on the bat a little more and you just, you know that Gabe's going to get the job done. I, I hate that this is the last season. B.A., go ahead. I know you want to say something. I don't want to interrupt you, but I made the thought was funny this weekend i said that when i was a little kid watching southern miss baseball i grew up wanting to be like gabe (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like uh, it's great. Longer than I've been here. It's classic. Uh, I love it. Yeah, Trey was on a, a few a uh, few weeks ago, and you know we were talking to him about. Uh, it was, you know, imminent that, that Gabe was going to break his hits record and, and what he thought about that. And, uh, I've, uh, my wisecrack, uh, was something along the lines of, uh, Gabe's got like a few more weeks until he's, uh, got a, a civil union with Southern Miss baseball program in the state of Mississippi. So, uh, man, he's, he's, uh, the Montenegros are, are now a Southern Miss institution. It's, Awesome to see that Guatemalan flag flying out in the roost, and uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, you know, uh, Jason and, and Momo are, have have gotten to be close friends, but uh, to to have Rodrigo here, uh, who you know is also a hell of a baseball player, uh, we need some more Montenegros from Guatemala. Send them on up; we'll take them. Um, and then uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on before uh, shoutouts was. Uh, I saw a tweet. It was it was Tulane coaching search related, uh, and they were kind of reporting on uh, you know people that were rumored for the job. And uh, the bullet point that stuck out to me was uh, Christian Ostrander out of the running is staying at Southern Miss. So uh, uh, that is is something that I have internally. I don't know that we've voiced it uh, talking about it here. Have been worried about for a while is. The man is a pitching guru, and uh, I'm, I'm like, there, there's somebody's gonna come throwing money at him eventually. Uh, but but as as much as that tweet means from some random Tulane uh, website, and I I believe it was his wife followed me on Twitter today. That's got to be a good sign that that Oz is sticking around. So that that Barry Oz Creel trio uh, seems to have some magic going. And and it it's good news that at least Tulane's random Twitter website thinks that Oz is going to stick around at Southern Miss. Um, as far as shout outs, I, I, um, Patrick Lowry with the rally paddle shirt. Uh, that guy's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the rally paddle is this year's uh, uh, plastic tube off of uh, a power line. Um, and, and I love it. Um, but Patrick did a great job with that shirt. The rally paddle's cool. It's always fun to have something like that going on. Um, <clears throat> but I've spewed out a bunch of names of my old Roost buddies uh, earlier. Um, other than that, uh, the I, I cracked open some special – well, not cracked open. They've all been open. But I, I, I poured up some special bottles tonight. I, uh, I, I thought about pulling out some even more special bottles, but I'm going to wait until next week's episode when we're making our second trip to the college world series to bring out the big guns. But, uh, started off with, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the old fit 16 year, which in the non-recorded, uh, episode, I really struggled to get the cork out of the bottle. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that didn't make it to air. Uh, that I'm not fighting with that, but old Fitz, uh, bottled and bond 16 year from heaven Hill and then had wild Turkey masters keep bottled and bond. And then a little bit of 1981 wild Turkey one Oh one, um, which, uh, they don't make that anymore. They stopped making it like, uh, 41 years ago. So, uh, good whiskey wanted to bring out some good stuff to uh, celebrate a milestone in Southern Miss baseball. All right, we'll see you guys at the Pete this weekend. We'll see you at the Thirsty Hippo Saturday night. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.
could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away when it comes to playing football. Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season it's over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state